What did you have for breakfast this morning? I made an avocado toast. And I know that I just like get on these kicks where I eat the same thing for breakfast for like 90 days. 90 days of that could be worse. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll make it lunch instead for the next 90 days and I'll eat it for 90 more days. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit through conversations with extraordinary people. We talk about all aspects of life here, imposter syndrome, breaking free from the script, living with intention, boundaries with family, what it means to be vulnerable, and the fact that we're all really just making this up as we go along. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today I'm joined by Bridget Putker. She's a daughter, sister, digital marketing manager at Big Time Software, and as you so eloquently describe yourself on LinkedIn, a human marketing to humans, which I will admit caught my eye when I first saw that. So if that was your intention with LinkedIn, you succeeded. <laughs> but I, speaking of LinkedIn and social networks, I saw a tweet of yours that caught my eye. You said, can we normalize having more than one career? Like at 30, I want to completely start over and get good at something else. And that caught my eye because I'm, I'm what? How old am I? 35? Yes, we'll say 35. I always forget. (laughs) Quarantine doesn't, that doesn't count. I'm skipping that year. (laughs) Exactly. But I think I I thought the same thing, not just necessarily in 30s, but like I do feel like at this time in my life, I think about like there's there's more than one thing to do in life. Like I'm not a career ladder person. So I'm curious, what, what inspired that tweet of yours? Um, I mean, what normally inspires any of my tweets is I don't think very long about it and I just tweet it. Um, I, I work in this weird industry of tech that is like, if you haven't done it, whatever it is, like by 30, you're like ostracized. Like you have to climb the entire ladder by the time that you're like 30. And I just... I'm kind of on pace to do that. And, and I think the next stage of my career is like running shit. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Um, absolutely uh, running shit someday or like, I think that's the next spot for me at a smaller company that I'm at now. Um, but then like, I, I know that and I know that I want to achieve that thing and then eventually maybe go build my own thing. Um, but the more that I think about building that own thing, I, I don't think that it's a, made up piece of software that helps other marketing. I just don't, that's not the space I think I want to like live my life in. I'm, I'm good at it. I'm learning a lot right now, but I want to take those in a very meta way. Like my job every day is to take learnings and tactics from other, from just wherever, like LinkedIn or Twitter and apply them. So I'm kind of like applying that, application theory to the rest of my life of like, how do I take this thing that I did for 10 years and go and do something else with it? And I think marketing is always like a really good foundation um, to just have if I ever want to be some kind of small business owner. But I just don't think I want to be in these like 
weird tech companies for the rest of my life. And I also don't want to work for the rest of my life. And I can't do that if I stay in these weird tech companies. So I don't really know. I just, I have all these other things that I'm interested in doing that I, I found myself like, especially with COVID and everything going on, like I'm trying to learn all of these things to fill my time because when I'm home, right? Like I'm going to learn how to cook really well. And like, then I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play piano. And I started flying airplanes because my dad started doing that, like while he retired with COVID. And I'm like, you're taking on entirely too much. And it's because you're interested in all of these things, but you're trying to learn all of them like in a vacuum at one time, instead of like really learning one thing for six months or a year. And then like that thing becomes second nature and then learning the next thing. But I don't know. It's, I just, I, I'm not inspired by the people that have been in the same career for 30 years. I, I share that sentiment. And I'm curious, do you think your, your desire to learn various new things and maybe doing it all at once, is that a result of sort of the COVID lifestyle we're living? Or would you, do you think, at this point in your life, you would have felt that same desire regardless of a global pandemic? I think it's probably both. I'm 27. So I've been in my career now for five years. Um, and that like three year mark out of college, everybody goes, Oh, I have to do this forever. Like they, everybody has their panic attack of like, Oh, this is really it. This is what we do for the rest of our lives. And I think it's a mix of just being that age of five years and, and just being like, okay, I'm trying to figure out where my passions are. Am I passionate about my job? Yes. Is my job my passion? No. And that's okay. And I think that we, especially again, I'm going to relate it back to tech because it's all that I'm seeing on LinkedIn lately is just, they're asking for my entire life, especially being home. Like, why aren't you working? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I give eight hours a day and then I get to go use the other 16 to do whatever I want. Like that's how it works. That's how it's always worked. Um, but so I think it's a mix of just being that age, but also like, yeah, we're stuck in like, I'm somebody that I wake up on a Saturday morning and I walk outside and go get a coffee and go to the dog park and like, see where the day takes me and like hang out with my friends and not having that right now is making me feel like unproductive. So I'm trying to like find all of these things to do to make myself feel productive when it's really like you should be taking a break. <laughs> yeah, I think so many of us have felt that way. Like, I feel like there's been a couple of schools of thoughts during the COVID time of let's use this extra time to really maximize our potential and be really productive and learn everything. And then there's the other side of like, maybe we should just relax and actually use this time to just recharge. And I, I mean, myself, I've gone back and forth between both camps. Yeah. So... You you said your job isn't necessarily your passion, which I think is true for so many people. What would you consider your passion? You know, I think I really like learning things, which is great for my job. Like marketing is a good place for that because I'm constantly learning new things every day and being creative. I think when people are like, what are your passions? It's like, I like to cook a lot. Okay, that's creative. I write some poetry on the side that's not very good, but like that's creative. I, um, 
I really like sports, which is like the total opposite. I'm just a very like mixed bag. Um, but I don't know that I've really found like that passion. Like I like music and like all of the normal things that people like, but I think I'm, I'm like, again, at that age, we're 27 where I'm supposed to have figured out what my passion is in life. And I, I don't know. And I just, it feels extra compounded because it's like, all I do right now is work. So for work to not be, again, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I'm not passionate about it. I love what I do and I like my team and all of that, but it's just, it's not living up to the expectations that we all set for our jobs. And especially again, now that like we have, we have so much less of an office environment and culture to focus on or to like get us through the work. Like some, I'll be the first to say like some of my favorite times at work is like when I'm sitting in the kitchen talking to my coworkers, cause everybody's the same age and does similar things and lives in the city. And like all, so we have a lot in common. I miss my, I miss my friends. I miss my coworkers. Like, so taking that stuff out of, um, the job and like the company that you work at, it really makes you think really hard about like, is this a good company? Do I like my job? Like all we have to focus on is the actual day to day work, which can suck. You mentioned that you haven't like found your passion that maybe you're supposed to find by this age. Are are we supposed to have found a passion? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying is everybody's telling me or what I'm hearing from wherever. Like I knew growing up, I was really passionate about sports. I played sports in through high school and through college and it felt like such a big piece of me. Right. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And it felt, it feels so right. And then when you graduate and you don't have that forever and you don't have like the workouts and like all that stuff to take up your time, you gain a lot of weight first, but also it's like, well, where am I supposed to put this piece of me? Like, I don't, I'm not ready to hang it up yet. Um, so we try to fill that void. And I think for a long time I was like, and then you, meet friends and you start relationships and all of that. And it's also been a super weird time to be single, like single working from home. I'm like, great. I have a dog. Awesome. Like that's going to be fine. I actually moved in, um, at the beginning of January with my best friend, we both were living alone and we were like, I don't know how much longer this is going to be. Let's just move in together. So we did. And it's been great for the last, what is it? Like 27 days or something. I, it's been, and we do encourage each other to like, okay, go cook something today, go to the grocery store, like get outside. Like it's hard. <laughs> yeah. You're right about, yeah. Being single during this time is amplified. The, the, the various feelings that can come with that lifestyle are definitely amplified. What inspired you to move in with like your best friend? I mean, that's, I think that's fantastic that you, that's such a great tool to take advantage of and like a great sort of like supplement to help each other. Was that like your idea, their idea, or did you together like kind of just come up with like, Hey, maybe we can help each other out here. Um, well at the, so at the beginning of in March, we, again, we both, we both lived alone, but we lived like two blocks away from each other. We used to work together. Um, and that was at the time when like, we didn't really know if we could go outside yeah. Like even her walking two blocks was like, I don't want you outside because the curfews in Chicago too were like 5 p.m. or something to try to get people to stay home. And of course, like 
the mayor, everybody's saying, stay home, stay home, stay home. And like, she's coming over to my apartment every day. Um, and I was like, well, I don't know that this really makes sense. And both of us kind of said, like, they're going on severe lockdown here. Like, do you just want to stay over for a few days? So we both stayed in my one bedroom apartment for 60 days, like indefinitely. We just like, she lived out of a duffel bag. She did laundry in my apartment. Like it was, it was great, but it was also like really reminiscent of like college times when you weren't old enough to go out and drink. So you just drank way too much every day. Like in your, you're like, work is over. I'm excited to have a drink. Like it was really nice to spend quality time with someone again. Cause for however long it, it was, it's crazy. But then, um, around June, we were like, okay, well, this thing is clearly not going away within like the next month. You can't stay here. Like we can't keep sleeping in the same bed. Um, <laughs> so, um, we both, we kept doing like, you know, weeknights she would come over. I went and stay with my parents for a month over the summer. Um, she went and stayed with her parents for a while, but then in like August, I was, I was saying, I'm like, look, I'm not staying in this apartment. I'm going to move across the city. Um, and she was like, Oh, my friends like live in that area. Like you're, I'm going to be the only one up here. And I was like, well, do you want to look for two bedrooms? I'm going to be really picky about what's on the list of things in the apartment because I plan to do it by myself. But, uh, and she was like, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Um, and we literally saw two apartments and then signed. So just kind of happened. I'm, I tell her and myself, like, I'm proud of us for doing that. Like realizing that it was yeah. a problem and for both of us. And it's been really healthy. Like we're both have great jobs, like just really trying to survive this thing and not get sick and just do what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Which is just really, it's really fucking hard, but we're doing it. And it's, it's, been weird like living with somebody again i haven't lived with somebody for four years and the last person that i lived with was an ex so that's doesn't even count as a roommate um but it's been good i don't know that i could live with anybody else though like it was it had to be this specific person like any of my friends i probably wouldn't have been like yeah i can live with you i don't know we just like to do the same things so it's easy i I agree. I, I'm proud of you both too. I mean, that's such a great thing to recognize and then to to act on. I, I feel like so many of us, the first step of recognizing we may or may not do it, but rarely do we act on it, especially when it's in our own self in our own self interest. So that's great. How, one of the things I think about a lot is like, especially over the past year of, of COVID is like these moments of, of discomfort and kind of leaning into it, whether we meant to or not, and sort of how I've noticed myself coming out better on the other side. Have, have you found yourself embracing any discomfort or uncomfortable moments that you might not have run into otherwise? Yeah, all of it. Um, I None of us have been through this before. And I think that that's a very comforting thought of like, I'm not the only, even though I'm the only one in my specific circumstances, not the only one having the same thoughts like other people are having the same struggles that I'm having but I actually I don't know why this keeps coming up but like in January I broke up me and my ex-boyfriend broke up after two years of being together and I'm very thankful for the timing of that now but I had not been single for eight years like truly like for longer than a year between 
my ex before him and him, I only had nine months. So like, I don't even really know what it's like to be single. Um, add quarantine on top of that. But I really had to do the work of that of like, okay, I'm single and it's okay. And it's good for me. And I'm learning a lot about myself and what I like to do and what I don't like to do or what this person was doing for me that I now have to take on myself. Um, so it was, it was a lot of that. Um, but the, the biggest blessing I can say with that. No, come here. Um, the biggest blessing with that is that I started going to therapy the second week of January and I haven't stopped. I go, I go every other week and I don't know that I would have done that for myself just with COVID. Like I know a lot of people did or just like, Oh, I need to be talking to somebody because like, I'm really not. Um, but I started work in January, like work, working on myself, true, like really like working on me yeah. in January. So I felt like I kind of had a head start <laughs> on everybody else. Um, but so I was at least learning how to be alone for three months before I was like actually alone. Um, obviously I had like the support system of my friends and all of that. And with COVID, like we were all, my friends were all really good about like, let's do zoom calls. Let's do this. But like, we really shouldn't meet up in person, even though we live a mile away from each other. And everybody has like their little pod, at least at the beginning. Um, but I've, I, it's a, and I, I, I don't know why I keep saying this, but like, it's just a weird time in my life too. At 27, almost 28 now, to be in the life stages where you're trying to figure yourself out and you think you kind of want to know what you want to do for work and where you want to live and like really the type of person that you want to be. Um, and I, and then like that happened and then COVID happened. And I was like, okay, I think I'm just getting like, a crash course on like figuring out who I want to be. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier of like, I find myself through waves of wanting to be really productive. And then waves of like, I can do absolutely nothing with myself today or this week or this month. Um, and that's been hard for that journey for sure. Because I'm like, Bridget, I'm not, you're not a lazy person. Why do you feel so lazy right now? Like what's going on? Um, and I'm not an unproductive person and I'm not. So it's, it's super weird to go through this time and like have, feel like you have no control over like your emotions when you wake up in the day. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you last, whatever the inauguration was last Wednesday, that was a huge sigh of relief. I had no idea how much of that I was holding inside. Um, but that helped. And, and now I feel a little bit more grounded of, in control of something, at least like, being able to turn the news on again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It was, it was this like weight being lifted off the shoulders, a sense of relief. Yeah. I think I was talking to my sister about this, but it's drawn some like family lines too, um, just with the election and everything. And that's a little bit of a wake up call. COVID's a bit of a wake up call of like people's, like people's decision making. Like, that's how I have decided who I want to have in my life. Like, do I trust your decision-making um, process? And, like, 
I will never get mad at my closest friends for things that they do because at some point I know that they felt like they had to make that decision because I trust their decision making. So I'm like, whatever the end result is, I'm not going to be upset because I know you and you felt like you had to do that, whatever it was at some point. Um, but really under like the, the COVID and, and politics, just like not really understanding some of the people that are closest to me like my parents' decision-making. And, um, but I think the biggest relief for me with that last week was I don't feel crazy for staying inside, for masking up wherever I go for like COVID is a real thing. And the news is not telling you that it's not a real thing anymore. And my parents can't say like, you can go out and live your life. Like I want to go do, I want to go on vacation. Like every person wants to go sit on a beach right now. Right. And my parents are saying, well, you can do that. Go do that. And I'm like, no, I can't like I can't. And so to have some understanding of the rest of the world saying, no, you shouldn't do that either. makes me feel less crazy. Which is always a great feeling <laughs> to feel less yeah. crazy. <laughs> You you mentioned that your dad you've been flying airplanes recently because your dad flew airplanes. Are you legitimately like you're piloting airplanes? You're flying with him? Or? Yes, I. So my dad. So I think this relates back to why I'm like so scared to have the same career for 30 years. Um, both of my parents have been in this. My my dad was a stockbroker for 30 years. With COVID, he retired because he didn't do anything online. He was just a commodities trader, like paper on the floor, which like that still exists. People don't know that that still exists. I had um, no idea. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, and then my mom works at a, big, at a big pharmaceutical company and she's been there and she just worked. She's, she's a director. She's got a great job, but she's just been at the same company for 30 years, waiting through all of the bullshit and all like, I can't even, Imagine the office politics that she's seen in 30 years at a company like that, where she's a woman in a place of power and has to like travel across the world and all these different cultures. And I just, I would have been like, nope, that's bullshit. I'm out of here. Like I'm, I quit this job. And she just didn't, I don't know how. Um, but yes, with COVID, my dad retired and he, before he was a stockbroker, he actually got that job on like luck. He didn't go to college. My dad, um, right out of high school, started a charter piloting business. Like he would fly people from like small airports in Wisconsin and Illinois to like Tennessee and Kentucky. And like, and he ended up flying a lot of the traders when it was really booming in this, in the eighties, um, to like, from Chicago over the weekends to like Kentucky or wherever their like homes were with their families and then back on Mondays so that people could stay in their like condos here and work on the trading floor and then go back. So like I didn't even realize that that was a thing. Like all these traders are just flying into Chicago for the week and then going back to wherever, whatever farm they live on. Like that's crazy. Um, <laughs> wow. But one day one of these guys was short a dude and my dad was like, I can do it. And he never left. He was there for 30 years. And like, that's such an amazing story, but I'm like, dad, that doesn't happen anymore. Also, you're really smart. Like what happened if you were really dumb, you wouldn't have got that job. But, um, so he would, he, when he was a um, 
broker, he couldn't fly. The insurance companies were like, your insurance, your premium is going to be like through the roof. You can't do both. It's two high risk situations. Um, so he gave up flying. He hadn't flown a plane in 30 years. Like none of us had ever gone flying with him or anything like that. And oh, wow. they, yeah, he just got back into it at this small airport. He's helping this. One of his friends like owns a plane manufacturing business or something. My dad's just like business consulting with him and like building airplanes. So yeah, I've got, I got, I've gone up with him twice and I flew. And of course the like guy was like, you're really good at this. You should be a pilot. Nobody is this good at this for the first time. And I'm like, you say that to everybody so that they'll do lessons with you. <laughs> like I'm in marketing. I know that. <laughs> like I see right through you. Um, but it was really fun. And I really liked it. Me and my dad are very close, like playing sports and stuff growing up. He came to all of my games and like him and I are just very similar people. Um, so I think I might go get a pilot's license if, but I haven't been in, that was back in June. I haven't done that because I'm like too small of an area. You're like out and about. I'm like in my apartment in Chicago. Like maybe that's a post COVID, uh, activity, but does that, does that excite you? Like this idea of maybe, especially when COVID is slowly, you know, ramping out and it becomes safer, but this idea of maybe getting a pilot's license and, and maybe learning to fly more and kind of pursuing more of that path. Yeah. I, as much as I like the function of my job where I get to make things up out of thin air, I miss like actually like physically doing something. Not sitting in front of my computer for eight hours a day. Like I'm 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 really handy. Again, it's because I'm really close with my dad, but like I'm handy. I like to build things. I like to fur like furniture is cool to like paint and all that stuff. Like I yeah. I don't know that I'd ever be a pilot for a living. I'm more of like a, let's go to brunch in Nashville and we can fly there and then fly home. Um, <laughs> but I like the sound of this. Yeah. I, and that's the thing is I think, especially in Chicago, I think you asked me earlier, like what my passions are. I love food. I love cooking. I love um, like exploring new restaurants and like watching all of the cooking shows and going to all the top chef restaurants here in Chicago and like, drinking wine. And like, that's what I like to do. I like to, and it's good because you spend time with people when you're doing that. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know that. I, so like my first, I mean, that's how I travel too. When I travel, I'm like, I'm going to eat my way through this entire city. Um, so of course my first like, uh, trip on flying somewhere is like, let's go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, uh, a very exciting way to get to know a city and to, to especially when, like when you first arrive, like try the local cuisine. Yeah. So I, I think I that's mean, a great way. I just really, I really like being the person that if somebody's traveling somewhere or is coming into town, they're going to mm -hmm. ask me where they should go. Like, I like that because they know that like, that's something that I enjoy doing. And like, that means I have good taste and they value my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I think it was in 2020, but at some point you had gotten laid off from a job and you rented a cabin in Tennessee with your dog afterward. And that kind of caught my eye because I thought to myself, why would she want to be alone during that time? And, and not judging. I think it's because to myself, I thought I could never 
I'm probably not strong enough to, to go off to a cabin by myself during that time. Like I couldn't be alone. I was really curious. Why did you choose to be alone after that? What is probably a momentous life event? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think again, it goes back to that. Like it, I was, I in 2020, I really learned how to be alone. And I know I say that now that I like, I need to move in with my best friend so that I'm not alone all the time. <laughs> but I, I really did. I learned like what I like to do and like that being alone is okay. Um, I grew up with a twin sister. So like, I've never really been alone. <laughs> like truly, um, we were attached at the hip. Our parents were like two of you, you're going to have one schedule. So we don't have to like figure it out. I also have two other siblings. So like too many of us for our parents to like manage. Um, but so big family and like I'm close with my family too. So I just, I, I knew that I had some like codependency stuff happening. Um, and I just really found like strength and like figuring out who I am as a person and, and being alone and not being scared to like do what I want. Like I went, I saw that trip. I got laid off the week before the week before 4th of July. Wrigley, Wrigley, come here. Come lay down. Can you just take a nap? Come on. She's so cute. She knows that's the problem. <laughs> down. I know. Um, I got laid off the week before 4th of July, which just, it was fine. I mean, I don't know, but then I went to go see my parents. They live on a lake in Wisconsin now. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to 4th of July was always a really big holiday in our family because we are lake people and we always had 50 people up there. And, um, so it was a little weird that it was like just our family. I'm thankful. I like convinced them. I was like, if I'm coming, nobody else is coming. Like, this is it. Um, but my, I, the, I was already feeling like down on myself. Right. I'm like, how did I get laid off? Like, I think I'm super, my job is, everybody thinks their job is super important. Like, how could you do it without me? What do you mean I'm not bringing value to this company anymore? Blah, blah, blah. Like all of those things. And then to hear them like recited by my parents over and over again for four days, I was like, you, you, you don't need to tell me to be more anxious. Like I have, and I think I was really calm on the outside about it because who am I going to be LinkedIn DMing on 4th of July weekend? Like that was the benefit I think to being laid off when that specific weekend, because like I actually felt like I could have a break because I knew it wouldn't be helpful for me to be like hitting the proverbial phones like right away. Right. Yeah. So I got to take yeah. a little bit of time for myself. Um, and then I did three weeks. I had, I had a month of severance, but I did, three weeks of four or five a day, like interviews a day, um, which was just entirely too much. Um, but I didn't have a choice. I was like, I need a job. So did that, got a job, rented the cabin. So I didn't rent the cabin until I got a job. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I was just feeling like very, you know, I, I can't go, on a real, I can't, I don't want to get on an airplane. I can't go see my sister. She lives in Seattle. That's all that I wanted to do. But like a car trip out to Seattle is like three days with the dog. Um, 
So yeah. didn't want to do that. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I can just do an Airbnb somewhere. And then I started like looking for tiny houses specifically and like looking, cause I was like, that's always interesting. Um, and I knew I was going to have to take uh, Wrigley with me, but I found this tree house and it was a lot further away than I wanted it to be. It was in like Tennessee somewhere. I don't even remember where, um, but it was like a seven hour drive and I hadn't like driven my car in like six months. Like there was all these things that I'm like, you haven't gone anywhere and done anything. Um, so that was nice. I also, I also haven't taken a road trip by myself in a long time. Like whenever we would go to wherever we were going, it was always at least two of us going, you know? So listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, audio, audio books and, um, my own music, which was great. I got to pick whatever music I wanted to listen to the entire car ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was there for, like, two and a half days, and I, I'm i such a dork. I went to Trader Joe's and, like, only bought snack food. I was like, there are no rules. You get to do whatever you want. Um, so I bought, like, cereal and a bunch of wine and um, just, like, the good, the, the best snacks. And I just ate snack food for like two days and then I felt miserable. Um, <laughs> I think that was actually the first time I've ever had like on the way home, like a, a fast food salad. Like, you know, you never order that at, at the drive. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I needed something green in my body, <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm again, that's another moment that I think as hard as 2020 has been, I've never said the word I'm proud of myself more. So that's great. I don't know. It's weird. Did you say it was a tree house that you rented? Yes. And there was a hot tub. It was great. Was it in a tree? Yes. Or they just called it a tree. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was, there was like a ramp attached to the ground, but it was like in a tree and it was, there had like, had full running water and like (laughs) a hot tub in a tree. It was amazing. It was amazing. Everybody should go to this tree house. But then I, there was hiking there. Like there was hiking trails like on the property, but I didn't really know. Like it wasn't like a beaten path. And I was like, I'm not going to get lost in the middle of this property where I have no, no service and no idea where I'm going. So I looked up some hiking trails and there was something like 10 minutes away. So and she, I went and saw like waterfalls and stuff and she um, loves to swim. So I, we just like, I took my beer and I was like, okay, hiking beers is the best thing. Bring water, obviously, (laughs) but a hiking beer. Um, But yeah, just letting her swim and like seeing, because like I hadn't, she has, okay, this is a really weird thing, but like she's in quarantine too. Like as weird as that is, like my dog is a person and like she is struggling just as much as I am to like, can we go outside for longer than 30 minutes. It's like, no, it's zero degrees here in Chicago. And I'm not going to go sit at a dog park with another hundred people, but it's kind of weird. Like seeing her just kind of like, like, and she makes her presence known. Um, (laughs) She knows you're talking about it. But seeing her relax was like really therapeutic for me too. Of like, Oh, you are just picking up my anxiety. Okay. I get it. How did you feel during that weekend? Like, I'm wondering, did you feel a sense of refreshment or recharge? Or is it beneficial to just sort of be with you, Wrigley, a beer by the waterfall? Yeah, I wasn't on social media at all. I like deleted everything off of my phone. I 
would check in with my friends like at night, like everybody was like, how are you doing? Like making sure you're still alive. Like, um, yeah. but it was really good. And I, again, just like I read two books in like two and a half days while I was there and, um, just doing things that like, I wouldn't norm like, I think with the quarantine stuff, it's like, we are like, what did my therapist said? She said something like, you are coping with the same things that make you happy. Like, so you are using the same things as like a panic mode as the same things that you use when you're like really happy and trying to do things and it's not working. So I was trying to do everything that I wasn't doing at home. Read, like drink good wine and like stay, like stay off social media. I've really found myself as much as I've been good about being alone. I'm addicted to my phone now. Like it's crazy. Um, because that's just the interaction that we get with people now. And I'm, I miss my friends. I miss seeing everybody like in person. You know, it's just like a light bulb went off my head. Cause I feel like I have been, I hate even admitting it, but I've been, yeah, probably addicted to my phone more than ever in the past year. And it never occurred to me that this might be my way and your way of like reaching out and trying to connect more with humans because we've been unable to do so in person. That makes total sense. Yeah. It's, and it's strange too, because the people that I want to be with are the ones that I'm, I'll tell myself this to make myself feel better about like being on my phone, but like me and my sister will FaceTime for two hours and we'll just sit it like sit in the room together. Like I'm oh, cooking, yeah. she's watching a movie or whatever. She's two hours behind. So whenever I'm, she always calls me at night and I'm like, what are you doing? It's nine o'clock. I'm in bed because I'm a grandma. Like I work out in the mornings now. So I'm like, but it, we just tried it, but then I'm on my phone all the time. And so that was another push to like, you know, have some, my roommate here to like spend time with and be away from my phone and like be speaking to somebody like directly. And, and I, we do that sometimes with work. Like I didn't realize how much that filled my cup up with work is like seeing my coworkers, knowing my coworkers. Like I started a job fully remote. I've never met my boss, even though he lives four miles away from me. Um, never been to the office that I can see from my apartment. Like it's such a weird thing. And it's like, I've been now there. I've been there now for six months, just over six months. And like, I know my coworkers really well. And it was funny. We were laughing. Um, I know like personal things about them, but I didn't know how tall they were. Like when they walked into a room and I was like, that's so strange. Yeah. You only know them from like the, the midway up. Yeah. This girl told me she was six foot tall. And I was like, you're lying to me. There's no way. <laughs> so funny. When you went to the, the tree house, was that your first time solo traveling or had you solo traveled before? Yes. Um, well, I mean, I've been to Seattle a couple of times to see Annie um, by myself where even like multiple days of that trip, like I've been by myself, whether she was teaching or whatever, like I would just go out in the city and um, kind of explore. But yeah, that was my, that was another big push of why I did it was like, okay, I think I'm going to try this thing. And it feels like a safe time to try it. I'm not like flying to Italy by myself. So <laughs> yeah. Were you nervous? I, I, I asked because I went for my very first solo travel in a- um, April of, was it 19? 
yeah, this is 2021. It's almost two years ago. And like coming out of it, I was like changed. I felt that I had grown so much as a person, but going into it, and as I got there and, uh, on, you know, eating was the, the biggest thing, eating alone. But I, I was very nervous. I'm, I'm, it sounds like you've had a little bit of experience of some day trips and stuff when you see your sister being alone for the day or eating alone. But when you went to Tennessee fully, just you, did you feel any nervousness going into it? Yes. Um, I I think it, again, was a good thing that it was in COVID because I wasn't eating out at restaurants by myself. Like I was hitting yeah, up like a subway worry about that yeah Yeah. um but i i do a good job of taking myself places here like before not not even traveling like go to a coffee shop sit there for four hours by yourself go take yourself to lunch go do because i i realized again how codependent i was on just other people in my life doesn't really matter who it was but like I was trying not to learn myself. Like I, for a while I was scared of who I was. I mean, when I was 23, I was just not a very, like very nice person at all. Like I really am very changed from that. And my relationships have a lot to do with that, but I don't know that I take enough credit for like me putting in the work myself and like deciding I don't want to fight ever. Like I'd never want to raise my voice because I did that so much when I was young. Um, so I was in a five-year relationship from, like, the beginning of college. Yeah, the beginning of college to, like, a year after college. Um, got engaged, moved in with dude, like, all of that. But I don't think that I really realized how, like, unhappy, like, how much I didn't want that for my life. But it was what everybody else was telling me to do, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I need to be the first kid to go do all of these things. I... I want to be the first one of my friends to get married. I want to be the first one to have kids. And like, now I look back on that and I'm like, Oh my God, no, absolutely not. Don't do that. Um, if you're feeling that right now, don't do that. Uh, but I was just taking it out on everybody else because of how unhappy I was in my life. But I was just really unhappy in my, in my own life. And I was taking that out on everybody else. And I just really didn't see it. And I wasn't really close with my siblings for, a long time like everybody was cordial with each other of course but like we just didn't have that much to talk about because I just thought my life was so much better than theirs um which is really sad and about a year after that my older brother said I'm so glad that like you were able to get yourself out of that situation however it happened like thankful you didn't get married like whatever and I'm like me too oh my god me too because I wouldn't have moved to the city and done all of these things and met all of these people and it's so life is dominoes. Like if I hadn't moved to the city, I wouldn't have gotten that job. I wouldn't have met those people. I wouldn't have gotten the next job. I, it's so wild, but he said, he's like, you are very, you're a very perceptive person and you have the ability to cut straight to the bone. If you want to like within seconds of meeting somebody and you used that a lot And I think that there's a way for you to use that to everybody's benefit and not just your own. And that just, it really stuck with me. And I just, it's when your family says something or your friends or somebody close to you says something like that, like you just listen because you're like, you know me so well. Like, you know who I am as a person. Yeah. And 
I, I hear you. And I just really took that to heart. And, um, I stopped being an asshole and I stopped being judgmental of people. And I think it's a, an, a combination of that and like finding myself in situations that I never thought I would be in, like unengaged to some, my, my college sweetheart or whatever. Like you don't ever really know what somebody's going through. Like you have no idea what, what's going on in their life currently, what, it, what their history is, what their future looks like or what they want their future to look like. So why would you ever judge somebody um, based on all of these factors like that you have, you have no context for. Um, so I think that that's, uh, you started this with my LinkedIn headline and I, so I just cringe, like even hearing that. Um, but it is, I'm, I'm a human marketing to other humans. It doesn't matter what software I'm selling, what company I work at. Like I'm a human and that's, I tried to bring that level of empathy, you know, instead of like, Billy using the word perceptive is bad. Like I'm trying to use that for good now because I know that it's a strength of mine. So a lot of growth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy for you to have that growth. And I do love that headline that you have on LinkedIn because I'm such a fan of, I mean, the name of the podcast, we're only human, but of, of just being, we're people, right? Like any, situation we find ourselves in a job a cruise you know a relationship we're just people you know we're all just different types of people on this planet and so when i saw you know when i was somehow stumbled upon you and you know your digital life and saw that i just immediately caught my eye because i thought yeah i mean why doesn't everyone just say that like she's just she's just saying what you know, she's just saying it. Um, you know, everyone else on LinkedIn specifically has buzzwords and keywords and they're all wizards of goodness knows what. And I love how you were just like, I'm a human <laughs> marketing to other humans. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. I don't even use my about section to say what I've done in my career. I think it's like a Howard Thurman quote or something. Um, I, I fully believe in, uh, I say this as somebody that's out here on LinkedIn, just like calling people out all the time because that's all of my content is just like saying things that other people don't want to say. Um, but I, I'm a big actions person. Like I want, I want you to show me that you're good at your job. I don't want you to tell me that you're good at your job. Like I don't care. I don't care about the 10 tips to do X. Like, have you actually done those things or did you rip them from somewhere? Like, why are you posting that? What's the point? Why am I consuming it? You know? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, that saying actions speak louder than words, but I definitely am a big fan of what, what you do and not what you say. It, it, that is a piece that I'm learning still with expectation setting is I, I hold people to impossible expectations because I expect them to do what I would do in whatever situation. Um, people aren't me. People don't function the same way as I do. And I don't function the same way that they do. So why would I assume what they're, what they're going to do and, and play it up in my head? And I think that I, I've learned now to stop listening to the words that people are saying and actually look at their actions that what are they carrying out? Because that in reality, that's what matters. It doesn't matter, you know, what they're, 
it, it, it relates back to like everything in your life. It doesn't matter if somebody's texting you for two weeks and then you never meet. That's what's the point of that, you know? So another life lesson, <laughs> actually watch <laughs> what people are doing and stop listening to what they're saying. I think that's a good one. It sounds like not just the, definitely over the past year, I feel it sounds like you've grown so much as a person, but it sounds like even over the past couple of years, how, do, how does it, how do you feel now? Like, do you feel that you've grown somewhat as a person? This is the reason why I like things like social media, right? Um, because it's a literal log of you for True. however many, I mean, for us, we had Facebook in high school or college, college. Um, so I, I like the aspect of, I can go back and see the kind of person, what I was posting, who I was with, like, what the captions were, like what, what kind of music I was into, like those things. Um, and those things will always be a part of me. And I think it's important that like, I haven't just grown in a direction, but like I've, I've grown on top of who I am. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense at all? It does in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I th- to me, that suggests that like you kind of are, who you are at your core, but you're continuing to add layers Mm -hmm. upon that. Like you're continuing to grow, but you're not leaving behind who you are or what you might've been. Like it's, um, what that suggests to me is it's, um, it's like a snowball. Mm -hmm. Like you're continuing to add onto it, but it's all part of the greater snowball. Like you're not, the more you add onto the outside, it's not like the inside's getting hollowed out. Yeah. And there are things that need to go. Sure. Um. Sure. Sure. We all do. (laughs) But for the most part, I I really try to bring things into my life that I want to keep in my life. And I'm really intentional with my time that I'm spending on things or with people. Um, I I think so you, you asked your question. I didn't answer your question at all. You asked if I was like feeling good about the growth. Of course, like I I'm very, again, very proud of myself, but like really happy with the people that I have in my life. Like it wouldn't be possible without the relationships that are, that's work both ways. Like friendships, really good friendships are hard work, um, but it's worth it. And it's like, those people also get to say things to you. Like you've grown, you're such a, you, you, whatever. Like I I almost said grown up, which I don't know that I ever want to grow up, but, um, you've grown and you've come so far and I, you know, you're growing into yourself. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned after having two substantial relationships in my life is that I, they only get better. I only am going to be better for somebody else in the future. If I really understand myself, because how am I supposed to explain myself to somebody else? If I don't, or if I'm running away from that, like, even the bad things like, Hey, sometimes I leave the kitchen a mess and I'm always going to get to it. But like, I know that about myself and like, okay, that's something that I can work on. But if I don't come to grips with that myself, like how is that other person supposed to understand that quirk? You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's a big piece of it, but I think right now what I'm learning is that like, I, in the same way that I'm a person that always wants to be learning, I always want to be growing. I never want to like 
okay, this person is perfect. Like, let's just bring her along for the next 70 years. No, it doesn't work like that because the world around us is changing every day. And I always want to be open to that and like whatever that means. Um, and so I think the next phase of this is like, I think I've got myself pretty locked down, at least like myself now. As I learn things, there's going to be new things to learn about myself as well. But um, how to feel comfortable in the growth, because if it's something that I want to continue to have a trajectory that's up, right? I have to feel comfortable in this uncomfortable and have to kind of like, I'm such a control freak, like routines person that I need to learn how to like be more chill in situations that I can't control because like this right now, what, how are we supposed to function? But like, I have really close friends of mine that are having the best years because they're just like, I'm just taking time to like really, like you said earlier, I think I just go through, I'm having a great time or I'm having a really bad time. And it's really hard to not have like an in-between, but trying to find that in-between now I think is the next stage. And I think you're also, when I think about you right now, moving in with a friend and making the best of your current situation among the COVID and what you can and can't do and what you're comfortable with, like to me, that is a sign of you are working within the boundaries that life has thrown at us and you are working within what you can control Mm -hmm. and the greater I can't control. So that's amazing. I think like that's huge. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because in a vacuum, people are like two 27 year old, 28 year old girls that have lived together or lived alone for four years, like are now having roommates. Like that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, but you have no idea. (laughs) You have no idea who we are. Um, cause everybody does that backwards. So again, that just goes to like, you have, don't judge people. Like this is the best thing I could have done for myself is to move in with somebody. So it's just funny. I never thought I would have a roommate again, truly after college. I was like, not for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> growing up 18 years, sharing a bathroom with Annie, like I was like, I'm done having somebody my age in my face all the time. I'm done. I love you. <laughs> move to Seattle. <laughs> I guess that's the beauty of of growth is that you can in a sign of growth is that you know you can feel differently now about something you never thought you'd feel differently about. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge part of it is saying I don't nobody likes to be wrong, right? I really don't yeah. like to be wrong. That's why I like to learn so many things is so that I know a lot of things. Um but being okay with saying like, "Oh, I I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Or like, I have different experiences now that have, I have informed my new opinion. And like, that's okay. Like, that's how the world works. I'm again, I think watching our, my parents' generation just kind of like really dig their heels in with a lot of things. Um, makes me not want to do that. (laughs) Makes me want to be the opposite. And I love them. They're great people. So generous and like loving, but it's just, it's just funny that the hills that they'll die on. I'm like, really? Can you just say that your opinion is different? Like you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have the internet. Like there's all of these things that you can go and do now. And like smarter people than you, like that's something that I'll always say is like, there's so many smarter people than me in the world. Like, why 
who do I think I am that I, I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm laughing because my parents are similar in some ways too. Um, to, yeah. What hill will you die on? But um Oh my gosh. Bridget, thank you so much for, for taking the time and for having this conversation. I love this. I, I always feel bad taking notes, so I never do. And I, I, I talking to you, I feel like I need to start taking notes now because there were so many things I wanted to jot down and I've jotted them down mentally, but um, to me, it's just a sign of a great conversation. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so nice. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.